All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven live stream. I think this is twenty-eight, uh, but I can't see the image, and I'm old, so my memory fails me. Anyhow, welcome, Jason. Good afternoon. So, a lot of craziness going down in the world, man. Australia seems to be getting pummeled. Yeah, I came across that today, and I was just, uh, well, we need to address this because what's going there is a good chance to start going on here. Well, it seems like a test to me. There's already a thread on Crow 777 Radio of supposedly people's windows being broken out of their cars by the authorities because they wouldn't state where they had traveled or something like that. And that <laughs> smacks of um, testing the waters. But at the end of the day, um, if you're living in areas like this and you're content to sit by and watch something like that be portrayed, how is it that a lot of people aren't picking up the phone and saying, how dare you treat a fellow Australian in this manner? Um, phone calls like that would end this crap quick. Uh, you know, I hadn't even thought about this when I was reading this article, but we have two gentlemen in Australia maybe we should get a hold of and get an update from them. Yeah, what I heard was they weren't even really wearing... Well, Australia's first of all, there's big open expanses, and the few people that I've talked to um, were not in city centers, and they said they're not even seeing masks or anything. Um, but it's pretty clear that the Australian authority, whatever that may be, and we've talked to people who showed that they tried to rewrite their constitution under a fake queen called the Queen of Australia, which is just flat-out fraud because there is no Queen of Australia, and it's not what the original Constitution set forth. Um, but what we've been seeing is that apparently the leadership in that country is sold out wholesale. Uh, we watched the social rating system in China roll out and go straight into Darwin. First place it went with the threat that Sydney was not far behind. Um, so that's a problem with leadership. When, when you start to see that kind of thing. And there are a hell of a lot of sovereigns, by the way, in Australia. We've met a number of them. I've heard about just oodles of them. And the people that I've spoken with that are like Tom um, say basically these people don't have a leg to stand on. And so what it comes down to, I guess, is are you going to sleepwalk or are you going to call a spade a spade? Right. And then we also have the two constitutional fellows down there we can get a hold of, too, and see just what's going on. And is anybody standing up against it? Because when I read you some of this article, holy cow. I mean, this is just this is like there's a war going on. Yeah, I think maybe we should do a follow up. Um, we could do. Uh, who am I looking for? I've got so many names in my head. It was Darren and. Uh, yeah, it was like Derek and Darren or something like that. No, Darren and Daryl. There we go. Yeah, there you go. Um, and, we've, and we've got Tom Barnett, who's very well-spoken, yes. by the way, and, and yes. in tune with things. Um, he's no slouch, uh, and he communicates very well, which is helpful when you're talking about confusing things that people aren't used to. So maybe we should make a plan uh, to do an Australian follow-up to get actually from the source what's actually going down instead of seeing videos. Because I remember when they put the checkpoints up in California – all these people on YouTube would pull up and refuse to roll down their window and say, I'm an American citizen. What more do you want? Um, and so after tons of those videos started coming out, all of a sudden videos surfaced of them 
the supposed border patrol or whatever they're called there. They're supposed to be enforcing border patrol issues, breaking the windows out of cars and dragging people out. But it had it smacked of being staged all day long to try to counteract the fact that so many people were standing their ground. And this is a critical time for everybody as we head into fall. Everybody has an idea of what's right. Um, but having an idea of what's right in times like these is not enough. Will you stand for what is right or will you simply hold in your mind what is right? And there's a big difference there. And what we're going to find is the people that have had too much fluoride, too much terrible food, a lack of sunlight, no exercise for the last six years, those people are going to sit around and watch things happen, uh, which pretty much leaves it up to the rest of the people who can still function at some level. All right, so... Man, this is just off the top. I could not believe what I was reading when I saw this a little while ago. So Victoria announces stage four coronavirus lockdown restrictions, including overnight curfew. Now, this is just from a few days ago, by the way. I think uh, a week ago. So a week old. Premier Daniel Andrews has announced tougher rules, including a limit of traveling five, kilo five kilometers, which is a little over three miles, for shopping and exercise in an attempt to contain rising community transmission. Melbourne residents will be subject to an overnight curfew for the next six weeks and be banned from traveling more than five kilometers to go shopping or to exercise as Victoria attempts to get the number of new beer bug cases under control. Well, I call that poppycock right there, but all right. The premier announced that from 6 p.m. on Sunday last week, residents in the Melbourne metropolitan area would be under curfew for six weeks until September 13th. He also declared a state of disaster in Victoria for the first time since the bushfires earlier this year. Under the new restrictions, people would only be able to leave their home once a day for essential supplies and food and once for one hour of exercise within a five-kilometer radius. We can no longer have people simply out and about for no good reason whatsoever. It is not an easy decision to make, but it is necessary, and that's why I've made it, and that's why police will be out in force, and you will be stopped, and you will be asked, and need to demonstrate that you are lawfully out and you are not breaching that curfew. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Let me get the actual well, rules pulled up yeah, here. It, it looks like the, the state of emergency is what they're trying to shelter right. under, but I'll ask a question right now. So they're going to lock down people in a draconian fashion until the 13th of September. This smacks of a 9-11 special in the making, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, so we'll keep our eyes. Uh, is that what's actually going on here? And by the way, uh, in most of history that we can view, when something is taken away from a, popular, a population, it is almost never given back. Occasionally there are examples where it's traded back, but the thing you're being traded for is almost always worse than the thing that's being returned to you. So this will be a crucial time, um, and it's pretty simple. If people act like adults, they'll be treated like adults. If they act like scared children, then I imagine the premier uh, or whatever he wants to call himself, who is clearly violating the constitution of that country and clearly violating the rights of everybody uh, with rules and being lawful and putting a state of emergency on the back of a imaginary cause. I mean, come on. Right. Now, I want to go through a few of these just so you realize what they're doing and apparently getting away with. <sighs> All right. So... Lockdown already started. We got that part for six weeks. They can only leave their house for an hour a day. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming this means two different things from the way they've read it here, but to 
to get essential items, care and caregiving, daily exercise, and work. Employers must support you to work from home if you can work from home. So again, they're, they're trying to chop down on, on where you can work and make money and all that. Now, here's the big thing. There's a curfew in place from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. That's, I mean, that's basically martial law at this point. There are armed yeah. troops out, well, not troops, but police, but I, I guess they're acting as troops, out on the streets making sure that you cannot go anywhere or do anything. You cannot travel more than five kilometers from your home. You must wear masks in public all the time. Well, there's, there's another there's another part of this, Jason. As we learned from Tom Barnett, um, their constitution was drafted. Actually, it was a previous show that we learned this from the United States con Constitution. So to abridge someone's freedom of movement, and by the way, as you're running this down, you start to think the only real difference between a prisoner and what you're, you know, in a prison is the fact that they can actually move five kilometers um, before someone tries to hassle them. Um, but think about what you're saying here. They can go out to exercise for an hour a day. Uh, so you get to go out to the prison yard, huh? Um, it's unbelievable, and it will be further b blow my damn mind. Um, if the people in Australia don't stand up against such nonsense. Now, <clears throat> the part that's really bugging me. Can I have visitors to my house? Can I see my partner? You cannot have visitors or go to another person's house unless it is for the purpose of giving or receiving care. Well, there's a quick way to stop rebellion, huh? You can leave your house to visit a person if you are in an intimate personal relationship with them even during curfew hours. That is, there is no bonk ban. Yeah, that's funny. If your partner lives outside Melbourne and or five kilometers of your home, you can still visit them. If you stay at your partner's place after 8 p.m., you must stay there until the next morning. That is, you can't go home from there between 8 p.m. and 5 a.m. Cleaners, tradespeople, gardeners, painters, and renovators are not allowed to visit your house for work. Exceptions exist for emergency issues like a burst pipe and for providing care for welfare and well-being like Meals on Wheels but it's not time to pin your house or having unnecessary non-urgent work happen. Do I have to stay in Melbourne? The stay-at-home rules apply to your main place of residence, so you will not be able to get out of Melbourne and stay in your holiday house. The government says this is to stop the virus being spread to other parts of the state. So, you are literally under martial law. No, you have to stay there. Doesn't matter if you own six other houses. You may not leave. Can I still dine in at a restaurant cafe? Nope. Takeaway and deliveries only. Will the shops be open? Essential places will be open. But they're limiting all of the uh, capabilities to buy. What about other businesses and services? Pubs, bars, and nightclubs will be closed, and bottle shops will be takeaway only. Beauty services and hairdressers will be closed. Entertainment and cultural venues, such as music, museums, indoor and outdoor cinemas, and the casino will be shut. Brothels and strip clubs will also be shut. They have legal brothels there. Libraries and community venues can only stay open for essential services or to host funerals. Real estate inspections will be by appointment only, and auctions will be conducted remotely. All right. A clown show, uh, but a clown show with a, how do you say this, phantom iron fist right behind it. Um, but I'll say it again. Uh, if people just start to take action and stick up for what they know to be right, there's no chance in hell. Um Part of what's going on here is the currency of the world is being reset. But, you know, we talked about a thing with Athens today that applies here, Jason. Um, the sky clock matters, and the seasons matter, and the sun and the moon matter. 
that sky clock up there is playing the song that we dance to down here, basically, and it's provable. And anyone who wants to argue it is ignoring what happens in nature. And the simple proof of that is winter or summer. Um, and by the way, no man can change that. No woman can change that. But as soon as we went by the high point of the sun, the power of the sun is falling off. The length of a day is falling off. The length of a night is growing. But what most people are unaware of is human consciousness and spiritual concerns are diminishing. You're kind of falling into a slumber, both spiritually and otherwise. And now you know why September is the month that it is. And now you know why all these things happen at this time of year. Because it's a stacked deck. Um, everything has been done to set up, hopefully, what in, in their eyes, um, what would result in the success of whatever they're about. But simply timing according to the time of year is a big part of it. Uh, when things happen in spring, they're leveraging off the biggest explosion of energy that will ever occur in our world, even if fake nuclear weapons were real. The, 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 re the energy release would be many times what that's described, that make-believe believe thing is described. My point here is, is if you understand what happens after the winter solstice, as a human being, you can keep your spiritual concerns at a higher level. You can keep your mind from dropping into a slumber. So that by the time you get to the equinox, just past 9-11, and you're getting ready to free fall down to the low point of the sun, which is the end of an era this time around, in my, in my view, um, you can actually hold yourself up and not be so sleepy as everyone gets. So here's the thing I'm thinking about this. Most of the folks must be going along with it and believing what their garbage media and, and their idiot politicians are telling them, or else you'd have people in the streets. And well, who's to say that they're not, though? That's not, you know, how many videos was I handed in the last two weeks? Um, Germany, millions of people out. Um, there were a few. I don't even remember exactly where they were. Um, but this is not being broadcast anywhere. And the videos are coming down uh, if they're posted to YouTube and they have to put them up to bit shoot in other places. There's all this happened in Italy. We talked with uh, with Giancarlo. Um, and he was sh showing us that all these people were rebelling in the streets against this nonsense. But you see, what's happened here is the communication centers are controlled. So even people that do what you and I, it's easy for us to think, well, nobody's doing anything. But is that true? Is that actually true? Or is it more true to suspect that the majority of people are thinking exactly what we're thinking right now, that this is beyond the pale? And this mind shift is, is critically important. This is part of falling asleep as we go into the fall and becoming drowsy in our mental and spiritual capability and not. Um, this is a big part of it, and it's exactly why these things are done at this time. So I would just say um, I think we need to reach out to people who are there who have a closer view than we do. But how could it possibly be, Jason, that there aren't buttloads and buttloads of people sitting over there that are thinking and saying the same very things that you are and I are right now. Well, I would think that there are, but is the sad reality that most people believe that this entire situation is real? I don't think so. Um, I've had interactions with people who have showed up at my house all gloved up and masked up. 
And the first thing I say to them is, don't wear that crap for me. And they get out of the car <laughs> and I say, no, I'm not kidding. I said, I am not concerned in the least. And by the way, it's hot and you're breathing your own exhaust fumes there. And to a person, they have removed it and acted like normal people. I've had deliveries of washing machines and other things that we had to replace after 30 years. Um, and to a person, they were so relieved that they could work and not have to breathe their own exhaust fumes. Um, I have met very few people who are convinced that the news is telling you the truth. Uh, it's a vast minority where I am. And by the way, I'm in an area that's being gentrified quick. So the last part of this I want to get to is the fines. Where did it go? I just lost my place. What if I break the rules? Andrews has said police will monitor traffic, seeking to leave Metropolitan Melbourne, and officers, officers would also enforce the restrictions within the city. Victoria Police can issue on-the-spot fines of up to $1,652 for individuals and up to 9913 to businesses. None, none of which could be collected on if a single person understands what Tom Barnett understands, just to be clear. Right. So... What I would like to see happen is if uh, if you're members of Crow Triple Seven Radio, we should be discussing this at large in the in the forums, especially with the folks there, and try and get some reality out of this. And obviously, we can't be on there 24/7, so if we all kind of pitch in, I think it would be uh, a lot easier to get everyone to the uh, to, to just figure out what's going on and, and to support each other. How many people in the chat right now are are in Australia? Probably very few. They're 11 hours behind us. It's 6 p.m. here, so probably not that many. Yeah, I just because of the many. time difference. Now, there's a Kiwi jam bear. Are you in New Zealand? Uh, too many people think Gates is a good guy, and they love our prime minister. Gross. <laughs> yeah, I've still been trying to figure out at what point in history, in the past, uh, what three three decades, going on four decades, did Bill Gates manage to convince the entire freaking place? that he knows what the hell he's talking about in regards to medicine. Like, dude, go screw up some more computers, why don't you, you shithead? I mean, come on. <laughs> now you want to be involved in people's lives on, on medicine? You don't know anything about it. Even if you your intentions were good, you still don't know jack shit about it. You're, this is not what you do. It's a bit of a clown show when you hold up some supposed guy who had to do with computers, which was probably an act, um, and then act like he has some authority on medicine. Uh, the whole thing's a ramshackle. Typically, any medication that's going to be intravenous has to go through a 10-year qualification period, and everything about this is flaunting in the face of it to the point where um, David sent me a thing the other day showing from the .gov website he came from all of the avenues they're going to explore to get people to take what they're offering. Uh, shaming is one of them. Uh, guilt over making other people economic freedom was one of them and these are being clinically implemented and tested before they do the rollout and when anyone is pushing that hard to get a thing delivered anyone who doesn't say what's going on here is not quite thinking why why is so much effort being put at this that's a good question we do have someone from victoria uh wind bloss wind blows through sorry uh i just PM him to see if he's got anything he wants to contribute there. But I want to know what people really think there. I mean, I'm assuming with the way technology is now, everybody can just still be communicating. Uh, and I strongly suspect that people are sneaking to each other's houses to hang out together. 
but oh my god. Well, there seems there seems to be an inordinate amount of people who know the law um, or how to conduct themselves in legal applications and people who might qualify as being called a sovereign. After all, the first two guests we had on, they have one of the, the top senators there. I'm going to say in default, but it's not the right word. And the high court in Britain has ruled against them. Part of the problem is, is what's going on here. You know how many critical court cases stopped dead because the courts got closed down from what's going on? And as I've said so many times, if the federal courts ever pick up and do what they're supposed to do, there will be hell to pay. Um, so it makes you wonder, are the federal courts ever coming back? And I, I guess I would maintain um, this can't go on forever. Uh, there has to be a break at some point. And I'm guessing by the time we get through fall, people are going to be pretty fed up with most of the nonsense, particularly when win when winter sets in. Um, because when winter sets in, you got to get out to do what you can while you can in some places like where I am. But you got to imagine that wick is burning thin. You would think so. And uh, wind blows through says, yes, it is as bad as you have reported. So, there you go. That, that's that's what's going on now. What I'd like to know is what are people doing to fight back, or are they not? Because we, just like we saw in Darwin, they're just they're just taking it. Unfortunately. Well, it almost seemed like when Darwin started to get the social ratings that there was a media clamp down because it didn't get covered in a way you'd expect it to, and that always smacks of fear that if too much is known about it, there will be too much repercussion. But we should talk to some of the people who are regularly testing the legality of many things that are done. So let's plan to make a call back uh, to some of the people that we've had on and see. Uh, Jaden, who got us in touch with the other two fellows, he says, hey, guys, I'm in Victoria. We've spoken before with the Aussie Law guys. I'm Jaden. Shall we have another discussion, get the Aussies back again? Yeah, I think. Yeah, um, I think so. I think we should because uh, in that part of the world, if it's really getting that bad, uh, people who understand what is legitimately legal and how to challenge it, these may be the, the people that matter. Um, unfortunately, we've come to a time where there's a lot of fear uh, for no good reason. Maybe because they watch too many movies. I don't know. Um, but people are afraid of anything, any kind of situation where you have to stand up for yourself. People just shy away. It didn't used to be like that in this country. Um, like I said so many times in the 70s, I can't count the number of times an adult in a crowded room said, hey, what's going on here ain't right, and I don't give a damn how many of you ain't getting it. Um, and they would push it to let them know this is not right. But you don't see that anymore. Uh, it's been programmed out of the majority, so it may well come down uh, in places like Australia to the to the people who have been pushing against all the manipulation of their constitution. Right. Uh, let's see. Najib Bakat says, Army tanks have rolled into the city I'm at in Morocco, about to be put under full lockdown again. We had a mass demonstration earlier, so people are pushing back, but not enough. Wow. Wow. That's some serious poo-poo if they're uh, bringing out military vehicles. Well, you know, I'll, I'll say it. We're, we're coming into the first third of September. Is there any possibility nothing is going to happen? It's not possible. It's ending a cycle. It's part of a cycle that we've already seen what it's about. So um, the lockdown that we just referenced, they get supposedly unlocked down on the 13th. I mean, come on. What's going on there? Yeah, I don't know. A anyway, Whatever folks want to contribute in the forums, if you're there, then we will uh, we'll get that going. 
Anyway, uh, we wanted to talk some more Sky Clock stuff, and we had Athen back on today. That'll be next Saturday's show. And right, um, we can. Do you want to go over that, or do you want to go over some of the stuff that we recorded for the corporations? Because that was a lot of information we we did in two hours there. Well, if you boil down the, the the miserable things in our life, there's a few things that you can boil it down to. Incorporation is one of those things, um, because corporation, for whatever reason, whether they think we're at the end of a fallen age or whatever they think, they've got an excuse to act badly. I don't know what their reasons are, um, but they no longer have any concern openly in public. In other words, outwardly facing, there is zero concern for living men and women. Um, as a matter of fact, the quality of what corporations has been delivering over my lifetime has steadily fallen. So the quality of what they're producing is diminishing, but they're taking all the data they can from everybody without asking and using them as chattel and then abusing them um, because they can, because they have power. So Jason and I put together an episode on corporation and it's my contention that corporation as we see it now is unsustainable. Um, it's not going to be long. Its shelf life is coming, coming to a close here, I would estimate. Well, the thing is, what, what we explored is, even when you go all the way back to what's supposed to be the 1600s, you're seeing evidence that corporations were already interfering with government. And they're basically acting as governments themselves, even to the point that they had armies and were controlling land. And <laughs> does that sound familiar? Well, yeah, look what happened. You know, it's like from roughly the 14 or the 1600s, probably the 1400s, the earliest examples that we can look at. Clearly, the East India Company by the 1600s. By the 1800s, you know, like the crown and governments are making a public display of reining them in. But the truth is, um, is those places used them as their pri private pirate force, basically, on places like China, Hong Kong, all over the place. Um, but even even in knowing how Canada, um, under the Hudson Bay Company, which was another version of the East India Company, um, there was a shelf life for that kind of <laughs> armed Google. You know, it's basically, if we had it today, it would be like Google had its own army and they're going to take over someone's country. Um, that's what was going on. But what's happened here is everybody's discontented and the products that are being purveyed are one-sided if they're not tangible products and nobody's happy with them and for the most part if they are tangible products they're crap uh, they're built in China they last for less than a year much of it um, and this is unsustainable model and I think that well I hope that I live to see the, the, the be, at least the beginning of the diminishing of corporation as we see it now well the one thing I really took away from it is I think the whole corporate structure entity thing also help push out push out the uh, the royalties because you you see that the countries themselves started rising up and the royals became less important even though they were the ones handing out the charters to begin with. Yeah, um, it, it's insane um, how how clearly planned to go wrong things were. We cover a little bit about currency. The United States federal government, before it was a corporation, always had the wherewithal to print its own currency, and it never did. And what happened is a similar thing to corporations started, where they granted charters for states to make banks and money. Um, and that got out of hand, to the point where they estimate over 50% of all currency at certain points in the United States history were counterfeit. 
because nobody knew what bank was real. Is the bank of Watusi a real bank? Is this note I'm holding from a real bank? And by the way, these guys with a printing press over in the next state, they're printing stuff from a real bank. And it's almost the same thing that's happened in corporation. In the timeline that we lay down, we will show when actual people in places of authority had a concern foremost for the public and the human lives that lived in the public. Will this corporation harm it? By the way, you corporation have to renew your charter every year. So you better do the right thing here. And we show the timeline how it just kind of fell off. And pretty soon it was the exact opposite to the point where we cover in the timeline where the government has nothing to do with it. Um, they no longer participate in writing what's in a, in a corporate charter or police the fact that you can lose your charter if you act wrong. Um, and the corporations are doing it all for themselves. Now fast forward to where we are with places like Google. So places like Google came on the scene in 1999 with the charter by phrase, don't be evil. By the end of 2000, that was out the damn window because they've been told you've been funded so much. If you don't turn a profit, you're going to go away. So that was enough for them to throw out the don't be evil moniker. But what's worse is these corporations then proceeded to go to the courts to demand, since they are a person, have the rights of a person, free speech, which they were granted, which was the Citizens United nonsense. That was about free speech. So on the one hand, corporations like Google are suing for free speech and winning while they take the rights of free speech from everybody else because there is no law in the books that prevents a corporation from abridging your free speech. And to, to put a fine, fine point on it, when all these social media platforms that are now infringing on your right of expression and free speech, they branded them all as public forums. And using that language and that idea, they were absolutely bound to the rules of free speech. But what's happened now is they've done a 180. In the fall of September, they started deleting places. Ask Dave J. what, he's lost like 12 channels, I think. <laughs> um, I'm not even kidding. I think it's something like that. It's a buttload of channels. They deleted my channel with, I don't even remember, 100, 120,000 followers. Um, and they came out in the open. And at the same time, they switched from calling themselves a public forum to saying, we're not a public forum. We're here to make money from ad and revenue, pulling the commerce card and saying, we can remove your channel if your channel doesn't make money. And so that's how they did it. Loophole after loophole. And meanwhile, they are still granted the very free speech they're abridging in all of us. It's an upside down world. And I will say it again. This is this is unsustainable. Yeah. Well, of course it is. Absolutely. And <clears throat> Mojo Shop in the chat room here was saying that in the '60s they were protesting the Vietnam War, and you just don't see that kind of thing now. No, because those people were uh, the children of the World War II generation, what they generally call the best generation. And I would say, even though that they were the uh, social engineers are doing their damnedest to split up the families. I would think that their values were still strong at that point, at least to some degree. Well, they, th there's, there's a little difference there, though, too. There were They knew there were enough young people um, that the whole system could be broken. So they urged those protests as steam offs to, to release the steam building up. But the way they did it was they drugged the living bejesus out of them. And by the way, they inserted music into it, too. They did a whole things, a whole bunch of things at once as they kind of set up the situation for mass protests. And they even invented the idea of the hippie, you know, that dirty, long hair, no good, doesn't work hippie.
Mississippi. Um, <laughs> that was part of it. Um, so the whole thing was designed to let off steam, and it was designed to do exactly what it did. You had a generation that wanted to change things, and they had the right idea. But by the time the system got done with them, they were drugged out, they were ineffective, and they all basically became Republicans. Most of them went from being hippies to Republicans in their lifetime, the vast majority. And that was all system manipulation that did it. It was one of the most deftly handled um, public engineering things that I think you'll ever point to what happened to the children of the 60s. And ironically, so those people were beat to the turf when they were teenagers, basically. And now they're all getting ready to die and they're dealing with this. That one generation that was so prominent in the 60s has had the living tar beat out of them on both ends of their life, just to be clear. <clears throat> right. Now, the thing is that I, I can point out the, what the social engineers have changed. Back then, they were still drafting people, so it was very personal. You know, it could be you next. It could be your best friend, it could, whomever, you know. It could, it could be very, very close to you or you that has to deal with these things. So, yeah, they, they got – they had people who were, who were definitely upset about things and wanted to do something about it. And some of that, of course, turned into legitimate protests. But we absolutely know how much that – that uh, it was manipulated and all that. Well, to be fair, um, they had to rescind the draft because they realized that it made it real. There were parents, and it wasn't just the hippies and the young kids that were getting pissed. Now the parents were starting to get pissed off. And so that is why the draft was, was ended. As a matter of fact, when I was in boot camp at the Marine Corps, I was informed that I was too old to be uh, put on the social selection for some imaginary draft that didn't happen anymore. In other <laughs> words, they were still hovering the threat that there could be a draft. You had to list or you were supposed to list or they knew who you were. I guess you didn't even have to list, um, but they weren't doing it. But the point was, is a draft. People have stated that if they put the draft back in place, we'd never fight another war um, because people wouldn't stand for it anymore. Uh, so for what? I'm not pissed off at anyone in Iraq and you're going to take my kid. So what you're actually seeing is the military pairing crop loads of money to enlist people. When I went in, if they could get you to admit you'd ever did LSD, you were out the damn door. If they could get you mm. to admit, and they actually do it to you when they've had you up for two days, they bring the good cop, bad cop police guys in to start screaming and yelling, uh, trying to get you to admit that you'd done hard drugs in your life or that you were gay. Either of those <laughs> things when I was in would have got you booted out. And actually, one guy actually cracked. I was sitting there going, how stupid do you got to be? Um, and he was out. And so um, what's actually happened here is we've gone from a draft to a society that would no longer tolerate war with a draft to a military that is so corporatized that they have no minimum requirements. Like if you were ever arrested, you couldn't get in the Marine Corps. If you didn't graduate high school, you couldn't get in the Marine Corps. All these rules uh, had the by the bar pretty high. That's all out the window now. Doesn't matter if you were arrested. Doesn't matter if you didn't finish high school. And by the way, we'll give you 35 grand if you sign up today. So that's how it's been dealt with in many places. Right. I think by taking it away from the, the personal notion, left it as a quote unquote choice, it changes the narrative in a big, big way. And of course, you, you see the entire society looking at things differently. Uh, and they even and tried to inflate your ego about it. Do you remember back in the was it the late 80s? They had the uh, the slogan, an army of one. Maybe that was the early 90s. I don't remember. I think it was around my high school days. 
trying to convince well, you that you're so awesome you, and we're so awesome that we can in, empower you to do everything we need by yourself. Well, what's worse is it became video game like where they show all these recently where they show the Humvees coming in like it's a video game and they're blowing up a town. But here's the here's the rub. When they go over the hill, uh, the town that they're blowing up looks like somewhere in Arizona. <laughs> um, and it's not funny anymore because we know what's going on here. But I, I still to this minute, um, I'm not buying that we're getting slaved out. I'm not buying that we're going down in flames. I'll change my tune when I'm in shackles that I can't remove. But until then, um, I'm not bowing. I'm not giving up hope. I'm not being afraid of nonsense. Um, and I'll say things that I think are correct as long as I can. So if everybody does these types of things, eventually sanity finds itself again. Well, I should hope so. And, you know, I used to wonder what the line in the sand, is that, as they say, would be. And apparently if you convince everyone that you could get sick, even though I don't see anybody getting sick, I don't know anybody who's been sick, uh, they'll get people to do just about anything. So I, I don't know, man. Let's see what what the actual true line of the sand is. Do they do they need to see troops on the street? Well, apparently in Melbourne, Victoria, it doesn't matter. I'll tell you what. We don't have the complete picture. Um, I just recently saw something that showed, on average, how many pharmaceuticals a person in the United States over age age sixty is taking, and it blew me out of my chair. Uh, it's something like ten. 10 pharmaceuticals on average for people over 60 in this country. So basically now what we're talking about is people that are so damn drugged out, they couldn't make a good decision if their life depended on it. Um, never mind doing something brave or something righteous. Um, and that's all planned. And if you don't think someone's collecting that data on the other side, you would be sadly mistaken. <laughs> it's just that that's another piece of the data puzzle that none of us mostly are ever going to see. How did we come to a place, you know, the great, what they call the greatest generation, when they first began to market aspirin, the greatest generation was so suspicious, they couldn't figure out how to get aspirin marketing. Not even kidding. There's the difference. Now they're claiming the average person over 60 is on 10 medications. By the way, my mom's almost 90. You know how many pharmaceuticals she takes? Zero. You know what she does take? CBD, some iodine, some fulvic minerals, um, that kind of thing. And she won't die confused wondering why Santa Claus just dropped into her bedroom as she's dying. Well, I, that's another thing that they switched. They got, well, I mean, going from the 60s, even the 70s, people weren't on a million and a half drugs. Absolutely nope. not. No, not even close. I think that kind of started in the 80s, would you, would you think? The, the normalization of drugs kind of started then. Uh, the concept uh, of a what of kind a, of drugs though? You mean pharmaceutical drugs? Yeah, like getting people really it was comfortable with the, the notion. What like when lithium was, started coming around? Thing like hardcore stuff. Uh, what's the other one? Prozac. When Prozac it was came at out, low level. It was at a low level, um, and you started to see the normalization start up hard in the '90s. By the end of the '90s, things like Prozac were being very becoming common, but for a certain select part. Of, of the uh, audience, not like it is now where you can actually run on TV, your skin will fall off if you take this drug that <laughs> you want to, you know, you want to cure acne, but if you take this drug, your skin might fall off and people still take it. And then two minutes later, there's a class action lawsuit against the very drug they just told you would clear your acne if your skin didn't fall off. Um, there's a far cry from getting the mental herd that kind of damaged and lowered. Uh, in the 80s, we weren't that low yet. 
What now, they did well, in the 80s is they used money and a free party and cocaine and all kinds of drugs. Um, by the end of the 80s, the cocaine was going away. It was coming methamphetamine, yeah. and the money was slowly beginning to get harder to get. The rave the thing starting. To, yeah, by the time you get to the 90s, it's the dismal slide into 2001. Well, that's just it. The, the, the rave thing started the partying. The, 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 you think Coke was a hardcore party? Oh, my God. Hey, here's the other thing. The 90s is what I always say is like like the decade of depression where they really started pushing like the music was like, let me let me sing songs about how how terrible my life is and let me lay my burdens on you and that kind of thing. It's just ridiculous. You think about how much of the stuff there. I mean, you had a couple bands that were big then that, that weren't like that, like Oasis and a couple of them. But for the most part, he had. Oh, my God. Like this, so many of them were whining about how terrible their lives are. What what makes this appealing? How how is this a, a, a thing you would want to listen to as like your favorite music? Just they, night they and day had, different. Yeah, they had to transmute the punk rock idea, which was tough. Um, punk rock was a tough era. I was there. By the time you get to grunge, it's the inversion. It's the transmutation of that punk, the replaying of the punk idea, but to sissy everybody down, um, to begin removing men from the equation. Uh, which is unfortunate because there's been plenty of times in history when we've been way too man-heavy, um, but now we're going to see the opposite. We're going to see every effort made to remove what we would call a manly man from the equation so that everybody is more docile and so that when the bear comes into the camp, there's nobody there to fend off the bear kind of idea. Um, actually, it's going to be worse than that because it's going to be expected that the woman fends off the bear. That's the idea being pushed now, the complete transmutation and reversal that the roles nature set uh, a long time ago. And you can see it decade, decade by decade. Um, but again, I'm not prepared to cry in the gutter like a beat dog. I don't think they're going to pull this off. I don't think they can stop the human consciousness from rising. I do know damn well they can make a hard time for the world. I hope that's not 10 years or 50 years or two lifetimes because that would suck royal. Um, but at the end of the day, they're not stopping the consciousness. Human consciousness will rise. Um, and it just it's a matter of how quickly lots of people begin to catch on. Like when I see in my forum all the time since I've been doing this, I'm confronted with people who are either being difficult or they truly don't get it. And for years and years and years, I've taken the tack that they don't get it. So I'll be patient and I'll try to describe it. But what we see in other places where people is they lose their cool and they set these people back. And we're really at a place right now where we need everybody. We need a lot of patience. We need a lot of people helping. We need to be helping one another out and trying to bring common sense and sanity back up front where it belongs. Because that's what's being lost in the shuffle here. Yeah, absolutely. And... I keep bringing this back to how they seem to be replaying the 60s. I, I got to wonder how far are they going to push this? I mean, in the 60s, we had multiple bad things going on as far as the society was concerned. Uh, people were, in general, striking back against it. Uh, I wonder how much people will take before that, that really starts boiling over like it did then. And uh, will the youth of this generation be tired of not being able to have a life? because they have to, quote-unquote, stay safe. The, the youth of this generation are going to face a challenge like we never did, and I came through the drug area, and that was a hell of a challenge. 
um, because of the digital age, because of the separation of human beings from human beings. Um, that's what the digital age has done, where they're in constant contact, but it's over a screen, where half the people that I grew up with met their current wife online, things like this. Um, but it, what I see in the nephews that I was like a second father to um, is that they have this bizarre relationship, which is nonstop and screen driven. Um, and it's interludes of personal, and it's the exact opposite of what would have been back in the day where the telephone would have been the brief interlude and the rest of it would have been person to person. But when you stack games on it, which are the ultimate programming delivery device and data collection tool, and then we start edging into VR, uh, like you see in Ready Player One, these young people are going to have the Mount Everest of all time to contend with. But it does not set aside that with a little bit of moral values and a spiritual wherewithal, um, there's no hope that they'll fail. The problem is, is most of them have not been introduced in this era to that. What they have been introduced to is Halo. Um, that's, that's where we're at. And that's why Ready Player One mattered um, enough for me to cover it. It's the only movie that I've paid money for that I can remember since I don't even know. In the 2000s, I can remember paying for one other movie, um, but I did it because I was aware of the book, and I did it because I know they were pre-echoing the kind of tactics and tools that they are wishing for. And it's dismal. Look at the corporations in Ready Player One. How do you have the nuggets to put together a story like that in Hollywood and tout it out as something great when it's basically corporations violating every right a living man or woman ever had, couched in the idea that everybody's asleep because they're in a digital wonderland. Well, it, that's almost like another form of drug, is, isn't it? And I know I'm going to get a lot of hate for saying this, but and I do like video games. I still play some video games occasionally. Not that I have a lot of time these days, but being into video games where you're playing 10 hours a day, that's almost like... An acid trip of old, really. You're going into this virtual reality in your head, and you're not really doing anything else, are you? You're just getting lost in this, and you're not doing anything else. Now, that's not to say I have a problem with people doing recreational things, but it, to me, it just seems like another form of distraction, mass distraction, that's working very, very but, well. But, but it's built to trigger the addiction centers. Um, all the frequencies, the colors, the flicker patterns, the reward cycles, all of that was worked out. A long time ago so when a child comes up in these games um, all the addiction centers are being hit on um, and you ask somebody today like what I, I god what was it it wasn't too long ago oh I know what it was it was a song we heard on the radio that I you know I don't really ever listen to modern music at all um, but it was that I love you so much I'd be willing to give up my phone for you it was like ah! the ultimate expression, you know, and it, and it, but it fit. You know, I'd like to roll my eyes and say that's ridiculous, but it's not because it fits where we are. Like if you ask the average person, what is the last thing you would want to give up? Many of them would be saying my iPhone, wouldn't they? <laughs> I mean, that sounds like it's appealing to the 14-year-olds and all that, but man, that's just... <laughs> Well, is there even that, an equivalent, for, say, let's just say the 80s, would there be an equivalent of that? Because I don't think so. Well, it used to be I'd die for you. That, that was right, the big gift. Right. Now, now it's I'll give up my iPhone. Um, <laughs> but the other thing about these kind of video games is the unreality of the color palette 
and the tonal resonation of the color palette and the tones is entirely a whole other conversation. We could fill a if I got Dave Jan here, we could probably do half a day on the resonance of color patterns, digital artificial color patterns, patterns and the tones. And that's all the more worse because you're talking so far beyond addiction centers and these other things. It gets to a point where I, I have an example, but it's too rude. I'm not going to use it, but it's a damn good example because it illustrates exactly um, what I'm talking about. It was It was done with sex to prove what addiction and, you know, over sensation does. But there comes a point when in the VR and other things, uh, the, the real world won't be good enough for your brain anymore. Where's the intense colors? Where's all the flashing? Where's all the rewards and, you know, the coin floating by me? And, you know, it's insane, but it's all based on a synthetically driven color palette, which has no part in nature and the tones and resonance that are matched with that which have been studied clinically to understand just like Pavlov's dogs drooled when they heard the bell. Well, guess what? You're Pavlov when you're in those positions, or you're the dog, actually. Well, and what's the next level of addiction? They're going to keep ramping up the, the graphics, the sound, uh, the, the virtual reality goggles, glasses, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're all, that's like the new thing now. So that you're not even getting outside stimulus at this point. You're, they're getting the resolution so good in these things that you put on the goggles and then the uh, speakers go in your ears. It's cutting out everything else. So you're, you're about as immersed as you possibly can be. And you're not even absorbing anything from the real world at that point. Well, think about when the massive people have been sucked into this. So when the people that are 20 now are 60, um, and that's what's going on, think about how many things in the real world will have been abandoned or are no longer worth your time and effort, you see. So not only have you got to a point where the real world's not good enough for your over-sensitized brain, um, but the real world has been diminished because nobody's taking care of anything. They're just letting it all go to hell in a handbasket. Who's going to pick up that garbage? Nobody, because we don't give a damn about the real world. Um, it's a cycle. But again, these things are unsustainable. It, it just is. And if I'm wrong, then human beings don't deserve to, to come out on top here. It's that simple. Um, it's like the zebras at the watering hole. Zebras been going to the watering hole from the beginning of time. And there's always a zebra getting whacked at the, the watering hole. But guess what? There's always zebras. So it tells you the zebra that didn't pay attention or wasn't quite up to the game of lions didn't make it, which means he didn't have children, which means the guy who did make it had children who had a better chance. But what it also meant was he had a better chance, so the lions had to get better. Well, that's where we are now. And so if we are dim-witted enough to drug ourselves with pharmaceuticals asunder, get sucked into a digital reality that we can no longer free ourselves from, then how can you make the argument that we deserve anything? I don't think you can, and it didn't. It wouldn't matter if you can, because the truth is that that would be an epic fail that you don't come back from, but I don't think it's possible. I carry the divine spark, and I will never accept for a second that every divine spark will end up in the gutter, because if that is true, it wasn't a divine spark in the first place, or maybe I didn't deserve a divine spark is a better way to say that, and I'm not prepared to, to let that even be a possibility ever that is the furthest from a thing i will ever accept you know we only have a few minutes left here and there's something you and i've been speaking about a, a quite a bit and i i'm still kind of learning about this but that's the whole precious metals thing especially silver and gold especially silver 
Is there anything you want to say to people about that in case things do blow up on that end and it's kind of too little too late at that point if we do start talking about it? Uh, the fiat currency is being reset, as everybody knows. Um, there's going to be a different system. I've heard rumors on both sides. I've heard some talk from people who ha who actually know some things, who have been in the gold and silver market forever. They actually accurately predicted the the span of time in which the fiat currency would fail. They were a year. They said they had one more year. They said it would happen within three years. There was nothing else that could be done. They explained it to me. I understood. So the truth of it is, is that we're all holding money that's paper backed by no value, and that's the system that's about to be reset. If you get tricked into crypto, you have gone further down the primrose path because crypto is, in fact, a more fraudulent version of fiat because you can't even hold it in your hand. So now it's not just fake. It's fake to a level that you got to imagine it exists, and you don't know who controls it, and nobody knows who invented it or who controls it. And don't tell me you do. I have a degree in internet technology, so I'm not ready to hear all the nonsense that I always hear every time I tell crypto is the worst idea that ever came to be. The day crypto gets a full foothold, you will have lost more freedom than any other time in the history of human beings using currency. So what that leaves is gold and silver and things that have intrinsic value and will always have intrinsic value. And that's really all I can say because I'm not qualified to spout financial concerns. But what I can tell you is these IOUs we've been handing around called dollar bills, that system is being reset right now. And nobody's quite sure what's going to come of it. Some people want to argue that it's going to be backed by gold again and go back to some sane system that can work for a while um, because they're sick of the old system that was a constant fail. Um, and other people are saying, no, it's going to be a complete reset and that they're going to take wealth from everybody all at once and who knows what's actually true. The only person who knows what's true is the person who's alive on the other side, whatever happens. But the truth is gold and silver have always had intrinsic value in our world and they will always will. And there's all kinds of talk about what that market is supposed to do, but I'm not going to try to lead people into investing because that's not what I do. I, I've, I like the idea of crypto, but I, you can't trust any of it anywhere and it's, it's a great idea in the sense in a like a um, an on paper kind of thing or a hypothetical or a theoretical whatever you want to say but you well, don't know where that I, came from i think i'd have to challenge that jason what has the internet showed us it has the power to take your free speech it has the power to shut down years of work with no explanation and you want your money to be in a position like that? Well, that's just it. That's why I'm saying a theoretical. I like the idea so there's no of a unique identifier. Of it, yeah, there's no portion of it that's a good idea because there's no vehicle to deliver it. And as I've said so many times, if this does come to pass, there will be a day when you go to get your $50 to do whatever you want. And by the way, every $50 you ever spend will absolutely be tracked. And don't give me all your crypto's invisible nonsense. We yeah. live in a data-driven system. It, you go not, out and buy it, a bag not. of weed, they're going to know you bought a bag of weed because you had to do it digitally. Um, but the point I would make is you're going to go to get your $50 and it's going to say, sorry, you can't have money today because your license is expired or you didn't pay your insurance bill or that's the kind of finite control crypto will give to the point where they say, we don't like you, you can't have money today. Well, that's my point. I, I like the hypothetical concept that it's a unique identifier. Each coin, whatever you want to call it, is unique so that you can't be counterfeited. But guess what? Everything has to have a ledger to work. 
and that's it. You know, it's well. First of all, nobody seems to know who created it. There's all these rumors about who created it, and I would suggest to you that if the people that own the central bank in the United States have what is it, Jason, 226? I forgot the number. Hundreds of central banks around the world in every country that matters. You don't think they understood crypto was coming, and you don't think that people with that much power and an endless supply of money because they print it for free wouldn't make sure that they could control crypto at any time they want. I think you're delusional if you don't consider these things. It's so obvious on the face of it. But how can you back a system when it isn't this dude invented it and this is how it was done. This is where the servers are. This is who control. It's, it's none of that. It's all myth and legend and some imaginary Japanese guy and you know it's but again yep really that's what so it comes some, down to some guy some Japanese guy invented the new way to bank and the central banks just slept through that meeting I guess yeah I I don't uh, that's why I said it wouldn't it's not beyond the the practical it's not practical at all I know too much about too much now to be honest a few years ago I played around with it and I did make some money off of um you will. right now you'll make more than ever because they need people to buy into these nonsense systems and since money is free right now and backed by nothing um, that's the problem with right now have you noticed that the people who are hurting are seriously hurting and the people who aren't are getting paid hand over fist like they never have before it's a completely unsustainable unequal situation in life um, and right now there are tons of people that tell you they're making money in crypto they're even starting to say crypto is going to hit this many thousand per coin because they're trying to suck you into the same thing that always sucks people in sex and money you're either going to get laid or you're going to get rich it'll track tons of people every time they say it and then what's going to happen is once they get you all in the door it's controlled wholesale the bottom falls out and like you should have learned from our fiat system roughly every decade it will crash right i you know what's funny about it is you don't know when it's going to spike and all that it's not like like more practical things like an in industry where you can kind of see how things might go up or down i i watched a, i watched a friend of mine lose a ton of money for no reason just overnight i i played around with it i made a few bucks i dumped it i didn't want anything to do with it after that i learned what i wanted to learn from it a few years ago i watched another friend of mine lose tens of thousands of dollars overnight because they pulled the plug on something i don't even remember what it was and that's exactly the point this is why i say it's a hypothetical at most that i kind of like the idea but i've never ever 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 wanted to see it used in practicality until the problem of corporation is solved in the modern era um, it's not possible to have anything that works uh, because as I pointed out a corporation has the rights of a person they're the richest persons in the world they have the right of free speech while they legally abridge your free speech with the other hand that one thing that I have just told you that's true about corporation ensures that until the corporation problem is dealt with there will be no peace or happiness or any upward mobility into a more sane system in this world and unfortunately uh, what we're talking about here is spread like a real virus via the digital systems right now in in the forum I just saw someone post that Rothschilds made an offer to I think Lebanon uh, to give them 5G a smart city and crypto <laughs> I suppose they'll take it surprise it's not in, uh, in Australia what just happened in Lebanon didn't some fake nonsense set up controlled demolition just go on there you see how this works folks 
Um, it's the same old, same old. You play the race card and people crap their pants and lose their minds. You play the abortion card. You play the politics or religion card. Or you bring violent violence, fake or otherwise, into the system. And infantile human beings at an infantile level lose their ability to think. And that's how we've been manipulated in the modern era at least since the end of the 90s. And actually, this started in the 60s. It's just they were so damn scared that they did it quick. When they fake killed JFK, they quickly came along with Moon, Manson, Woodstock, one right after the other. Don't look too carefully at this. And by the way, you won't see this Zapruder film till the late 70s, if you follow. Look where we are now. They were pulling one a day for a while there, not too long ago. But anyhow, I think we're to the top of the hour, Jason. Yes, we are. So this week we have coming out uh, the history of corporations, and uh, on Saturday we have Athen Comente. That's our shows for this week coming up. All right, there it is, man. I'd like to wish everybody a happy, healthy, higher-minded year ahead. Uh, we're getting close to heading into fall here, folks. Try to hold your spiritual concerns up. Try to do what's right. Defend what you know to be right. And try not to fall asleep because this is the time of year when it happens. There it is, man. Cheers. Is the enemy, is the enemy of knowing.